It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily Orlando magic podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is November 5th, 2020. My name is Philip Ross. I'm like an expert insight editor over at orlandomagicdaily.com. You can follow me on Twitter at philiprr.com. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, we'll have part two of my conversation with Keith Smith of Yahoo Sports as we discuss everything about the Orlando Magic offseason. You can go back and listen to part one yesterday. Not a lot else to do here, so we'll get right into the conversation coming up here in just a moment. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching Gravity Download Podcast for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like there's a podcast here covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you can only expect from a local expert who knows their team best. Want the lowdown on, say, the Atlanta Hawks or the Sacramento Kings or the Phoenix Suns or the Golden State Warriors teams that the Magic maybe might be trading for or trading with? I don't know. You can check them all out by searching for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, of course, have a big game this weekend against New Orleans Saints. Get yourself ready with Locked On Bucks, B-U-C-S, not B-U-C-K-S, and Locked On Saints. There's also great podcasts about the NFL. So no matter if it's the NBA, NFL, MLB, NHL, or College 2, there is a Locked On podcast for you. Just search for Locked On and the team you're looking for. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. And, you know, I think, you know, honestly, like, I think a lot of these conversations that we're having is really, uh, you know, Jeff Weltman in his three years in Orlando has done a really good job just kind of building a foundation and an infrastructure. I mean, I tell everyone, like, you know, y'all think that Jeff Weltman hasn't done anything because he hasn't really touched the roster. But the work that he's done behind the scenes at the Amway Center with the basketball operations staff, with the coaching staff, um, has been just monumentally different. And, And it's a big reason why I think the Magic have turned around is just the infrastructure around the team is good, has been really good. And so he's had to double down on a roster. I do think that making the playoffs kind of forced, didn't force them so much, but made it easier to kind of just say, you know, let's leave the roster a little bit untouched. Let's kind of roll things back a little bit, see if we can replicate the success, which to some extent they did um, by making the playoffs again. But now I think there's definitely a lot more pressure on Weltman to really shape the basketball roster the way that he wants to. And I think that's really, I think what fans are eager to see. And I think that's really the most interesting question facing Jeff Weltman, both this off season and next off off season is what kind of team does he want this to be? Yep. And I think that's, that's really the question that is left up there in the air that, that, you know, maybe honestly, 
do people in the NBA have any sense of what the Magic want to be other than just a team that drafts guys with incredibly long wingspans? <laughs> yeah, I knew I knew that was coming. Um, <laughs> it, it is funny because, yeah, when you talk to people around the league about the Magic, there's a lot of – the question I get asked is, hey, you're down there. What, what are they doing? You know, you talk to people in their organization. Like, like, what is the plan? Are they Are they selling? Are they trying to go all in? Are they trying to improve? And the answer is, sure. All of it. You know, <laughs> I, I don't really know. You know, and that's um and I think that is to somewhat by design. Um, you know, I think Orlando too has done a pretty good job of um tightening things up. Not a lot gets out of the organization now. Nope. Um, you know, which is really good for them too. And and trust me, I ask pretty regularly um to to some of the, you know, high high ranking people, you know, hey, what are you looking at with this? Um, you know, it's funny because you can get all sorts of really great off the record stuff about everything to do with basketball outside of the magic, um, which is, you know, tells you that they just, they're, they're, you know, kind of keeping, uh, closed ranks, which is good. You know, that that's a good way to run things. I think, um, you know, when you talk about Jeff Weldman too, you had, he came in in a, in kind of a weird spot, right? I mean, to some extent, the early stuff was very easy because the team was so bad. It was retain Aaron Gordon and then start, start drafting better players. But then in year two, the team got good. And the team made the playoffs. And then that's when Ross and Vooch were free agents. And that would have been, we, I know we talked about it at the time. It would have been really hard to sell to this fan base. Yeah, you know, they we made the playoffs and they were good. But we don't want to commit to either one of them long term. We want to let them go. The hardcore Magic fans, I think, would have got it. Would have been like, yeah, you know, I, I get it. Like, there it is. It, it depends depends which section of the so, hardcore true. fan base. So you go, Absolutely. Like, you can, you, can, you can make the argument, but like, there, there is a significant, I mean, there, there's championship or bust fans and championship yep. or bust fans would say that doesn't matter. And I, I like, I, I hate to say this to everyone and I hate to keep repeating it to everyone. Magic fans on Twitter and magic fans who listen to this podcast, who, who care about these like deep contract issues that you and I care about are the vast minority of magic Correct. fans. Big time. The majority of magic fans are, and, and I, 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 I know this doesn't appease people and, and I'm not saying the magic should be satisfied being a seven or eight seat. But the vast majority of Magic fans are people who go to two games, two games a year, maybe watch six, seven, eight games on TV, tune in for the playoffs, and, and really pay attention when the team is, is, is yep. playing well or when it's crunch time, at the beginning of the season and the end of the season, essentially. Yep. Um, those are the fans that the Magic have to keep engaged from a business perspective. And it's not to say that business should always take over basketball, but it's also, it's also really important that this team is at least relevant on that small scale. And... And, and I think people do forget that sometimes. And, and on top of that too, like, you know, say what you want about it, but you signal to everyone around the league that, you know, you succeed here, even like little things, we will take care of you. They took yep. care of Nikola Vujic. They took care of Terrence Ross. That's going to tell, you know, when you are getting ready to make the big free agent play or when you're re- ready to go after the big fish or go after the guy that's maybe got two years left on his deal and you got two years to prove that, you know, you're the right place for him. They'll know that, oh, these guys will take care of me if I deliver for them. Um, yep. That's that's big in free agency. Like, say what you want about the Alfred Camino signing. And there's plenty to say about whether that was the right use of resources last, last summer or not. But on a base level, they convinced a starter on a Western Conference finalist to come to Orlando and come off the bench. Yep. Like, yeah, huge. There's, there's, that, there's that athletic poll that went around. The only time the Magic got mentioned was someone said, Jeff Weltman has never lied to me. Yep. Like 
that's, you know, it doesn't feel like that stuff matters now. And yes, results are ultimately going to matter. But that stuff does matter when you're getting ready to make the big move. And the question for the Magic is, when do they make their big move? You know, how do they position the chessboard to make that kind of a move? Because I've been killed for this all offseason, but I still firmly believe it. The Magic are in the same spot the Heat were two years ago. They look like they were capped out. They couldn't get higher than maybe the sixth seed in the Eastern Conference. Didn't really have a star. And then all of, and obviously it's Miami, and they got Pat Riley and, a, sure. and, and, and Heat culture and all that. But all of a sudden, the Heat found themselves in a position to go get a guy like Jimmy Butler, and they're in the finals. Yep. The Magic are not so different from where the Heat were two years ago. So it, it's not like you can't build the way the Magic are building. Yeah, and I and I look at it too, just to to kind of close the book on the Weltman discussion. I think back to a couple years ago when they signed Aaron Aflalo and Maurice Spates. Neither one were you know massive signings or anything, but those were two veterans who willingly joined the Magic and said, you know, we believe in what's coming here. We want to go there. Was the team good that year? No, but that was the start of of that. And I remember asking Jeff Weltman at Media Day, you know, how much did those signings mean? And he's like, to get veterans to say, I want to go to Orlando was huge. And it wasn't, and, and those two guys got from the Magic what they could have got from any team in the league. And I know that they had offers from other teams, but it was, you know, I want to go. That's where I want to be. I want to play in Orlando and I, that, that's what I want to do. That's where I want to be. And I think that is, um, you know, that's huge. The Aminu signing is big because that shows a changing perception in the team. Now you said, you know, may make the big move. Yeah. And that really comes down to you've, you know, Let's assume Fultz and Isaac, and I'm not saying either one of them is completely off the table for anybody for forever, but let's assume those are your building blocks. You're not moving either one of those two. Um, Aminu, he's probably not getting moved either just because coming off the injury. I think everybody else on the roster becomes imminently tradable. You're, you're you know, very happy to, to move any one of them um, if the right deal comes along. So, but the, the big names there are Aaron Gordon, because there is still a sense around the league of, you know, what would this guy be if he was somewhere different? You know, what would he be if, you know, had, had he, you know, grown up in Golden State or in uh, Miami or in Boston? You know, what would he, you know, be a different player now? Um, then and then Vooch, because Vooch is the big name. I pitched a trade um, in, in an article I wrote for Celtics blog where if the magic now this is solely under the premise of all right, we're going to reset it's, you know, this let's clear out some of the long-term money, you know, start moving off some of these guys where it would have been that the, the primaries in the deal would have been Gordon Hayward draft picks and Romeo Langford for Aaron Gordon and Nikola Vucevic. Now, there are Celtics fans who are like, that's insane. Hayward's better than that. Is Vooch even better than Daniel Tice? That's silly. Yes, he is. Um, even though Daniel Tice is, you know, highly underrated and a good player. Um, but one of the reasons why then I had some Magic fans say, why would the Magic ever do that? And I said, no, it's a fair question. But the whole premise there is you're getting off of 40 million owed to Gordon and Vooch in 2021. Hayward's a comes off the books. You could really hit that summer with I would assume then you'd try to move Ross too. You you could legit hit that summer with Aminu for ten million, 
Bamba for 7.5, and then Isaac and Fultz for whatever you signed them for. And you could really turn this thing, reset it in a whole summer and go. And that's a you know huge free agent class and all those kind of things. And, and by then, if 2020 plays out the way we're thinking this offseason, where guys may stick, guys may not move, um, it might be weird, guys may do one-year deals, you may see a bunch of guys, you know, all right, now I'm ready to go. You know, I did my extra year in, you know, Oklahoma City or whatever the case may be. Now I'm ready to move on. And the magic would be prime position. But that's only if that's the direction you're going. If not, if your direction is, hey, we're just going to ride it out till Isaac gets back. We think Fultz still has another level to go. We think if Gordon is fully healthy, he can be really good. We think Vooch sticks at the all-star level. Then I have no problem with the magic saying we're sticking with the guys we have. But the key is then we'll reevaluate I almost said February at the trade deadline. It clearly won't be February, <laughs> but whenever the won't trade deadline is, um, you know, we'll reevaluate at the trade deadline. And that's when we could look to move, you know, you could still move those guys. Their numbers aren't so big that they're, you know, unmovable players. Um, we could look to move on Fournier at that point and do some other things and really look to be, be where, you know, where, all right, now we're going to reposition or they could even then say, you know what, we did ride this out. We are pretty good. And they could even make moves to um, bolster the roster further, knowing that in 2021, we've got Isaac coming back. Um, You know, we'll, we'll be pre- pretty good then and have some tradable pieces. So yeah, it, it's weird. I, I don't, um, I get that they're kind of stuck in this almost no man's land stuck in the middle, but on the flip side of it, I also believe that the magic are, they're not in a bad place. And that's the sense I get. I know you're closer to it because you hear it all the time from the fans, but I get the sense sometimes the fans think that they're in a bad place because of some of the stuff that, that they're, they're positioned with. And I don't think that's true. I don't think that they're, they're stuck, you know, forever in this realm of the, the, you know, six to eight seed. I think it's just, this is just where we're at right now. And I don't necessarily think that's the worst thing either, you know, because you're still going to the playoff games. As you said, you're playing in a competitive environment. And I think those things do matter. Wilson, you sent the game winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4:55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere. I write summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Yeah, and, and so like I, I I agree with that, and I think it's I think it's really important to point out, and, and this is why I, I often say that you know if the Magic are going to enter this trade market. They they need to enter it from a from a position of power. Like they the, really the only player that there's a ticking time that there's a ticking clock on that 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 they're pro- probably very open to trading is Evan Fournier, um, assuming he opts in, assuming you know they pass whatever deadline they have to to trade him, which I'm not 100 percent sure when they would be able to trade him after he opts in. Um, but um, that was they for- they have until the trade. Huh? Was that Fournier? Yeah, for Fournier. Yeah, as soon as he opts in, they could trade him. He just okay. becomes a regular contract. Yep. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, yep. so you know, they they the, the deadline for Evan Fournier to decide what to do with him and get something for him is the trade deadline. Um, yep. Other than that, like Vucevic has three years left on his deal. It's front loaded, so it becomes more attractive mm-hmm. the long you know essentially the longer you wait, as long as he continues producing. Aaron Gordon's got two years left on his deal, and and while he struggled last year, this is probably 
the moment that you you could probably get something good for him because a team would essentially have a year plus one to figure out what what he is, which you know the Magic have needed six years to try and figure out what he is. Um, it's it, the Magic, I, I do believe, have that flexibility where they decide what they want for these guys. You know, they decide. You know, is 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 clearing cap room our goal in trading Nikola Vucevic? If it is, then that Boston deal you suggested makes a lot of sense. You know, I'm after after last time the Magic made a made a salary dump to 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 clear cap room. I'm a little gun shy about it, yeah. um, because it didn't work out so well the last time, especially in a yeah. summer where a lot of teams had cap room. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously, like, let's be real. We know this stuff goes on. We know, we we know that 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 general managers and, and front office executives know exactly what they're doing when they do moves. Um, if they have intelligence that someone big it would be interested in Orlando and they clear the cap room to go get him, that by all means do it. Plan, you know, play some 3D chess like that. Um, you know, we're not under any auspices here that that executives don't know exactly what's going to happen in free agency by the trade deadline or, or have yeah. some idea of what's going to happen yeah. in free agency by the trade deadline. And certainly like, you know, I, I, I've I've told this to a lot of people. Like, look, you you always enter the season believing you're going to make the playoffs, or if you feel like you have a playoff caliber team, believing you can make the playoffs. This Magic team, you know, unless unless they purposefully deconstruct it, should believe it can make the playoffs this year. Even if they don't, even if you know Chicago's better, even if Washington's better, even if Atlanta's better, um, this Magic team should feel confident that it is a playoff team. That should be the goal. And and again, that's a huge culture change with this front office that this front office has done is. The playoffs are the expectation. You know, yep. people are upset about just making the playoffs. That is a good thing. Those are that, those are good absolutely. things to say. Yep. Those are good things to say. But with Jonathan Isaac out, you know, if the team struggles out the gate, if if you know they're kind of scuttling along, and you get to the trade deadline, you make the decision to kind of to, to to start to hit the reset button. At that point, that makes perfect sense to me. I mean, you look at what you know. I, I kind of think about what Milwaukee did with John Hammond. They drafted Giannis Antetokounmpo. They made the playoffs. I think in his first or second year, and then. The following year after that, the bottom dropped out from them. They got the second pick in the draft, and what people thought was a very good draft with Jabari Parker. Um, so you know, if if that happens, so be it. But you don't enter the season, and I don't think this Magic team should enter the season thinking we're going for a top pick. This this team is frankly too good, and it would take you know honestly, I think the cost of getting worse. You know, again, unless you're trading for a top pick in this draft. The cost of getting worse would probably be far more than the cost and and the opportunity cost of just seeing where this thing goes another year. Yeah, that's it. Because because the other thing too is there's no sense at this point. You know, all right. So let's say you do do a sell off, and let's say it's even like, all right, we don't want Hayward. Ship him off to a third team in that trade I proposed, or whatever. I don't know that they could, I mean, sure, they could bottom out low enough to be absolutely terrible, um, but I just, I just don't see it coming. And I, and I think it's, if anything, they've, they're looking at the exact same roster almost without Isaac, which is not an uncommon thing for this team. They, they should be pretty well prepared to play without him by this point, but then you're getting Aminu back who gives you kind of Isaac light. Um, you know, production there. Not, and, not to mention, not to mention, before we even get to the draft, <laughs> yeah, yep, you've already they have it. a draft pick already yeah. in place. And, and yep. frankly, like you look at this draft class, I'm not afraid to say I think Chumo Kiki would would be a top ten pick in this year's draft. 
Uh, yeah, I've been kind of feeling people out a little bit on that. And of course, they're they're coming at it with, you know, if he didn't have the injury, um, some of them said, you know, if he did have the injury, um, looking at it. But yeah, there were a lot of people who said, yeah, he'd be, you know, probably a top 10 pick or right around there. You know, right around yeah. 10, um, you know, at the on the back end. And that that's factoring in the injury. If he, you know, hadn't had the injury, you know, there, there are people like, well, if he hadn't had the injury, the Magic probably don't even get him anyway because he probably gets drafted too high for them. But, but yeah, they, they're well positioned with him. Um, you know, maybe, maybe they finally bring Fran Vasquez over now that he's. <laughs> um, you know, I just had to get that one in. Who, who but, doesn't you know, who doesn't need a 38 year old career yeah, backup center from right? Spain? Yeah, I mean, he's definitely ready to go. He should be well-rested and uh, ready to make his debut. But yeah, you know, but yeah, you've got OKK. You're going to get the... Um the, the 15th pick. So you're probably going to get, you know, my guess is they're looking at a guard. That seems to be the kind of scuttlebutt that you're kind of hearing um, around, which would make some sense because I don't know that DJ Augustine comes back next year. Um, Carter Williams. We'll see. I know there are teams that kind of like the way he, you know, kind of more invented himself in the, um, as a like Tony Allen light type of player. Where yeah. That's a good they, comparison. They, yeah. Right. I can, you know, now like he's a, you know, become a really good, you know, perimeter defender who can do some playmaking still can't really shoot, but you know, that's, that's fine at this point. He's figured out how to work around it. Um, so yeah, so you could use another guard to, to play behind Fultz. Um, you know, then, then I think, you know, from there it's all right. Then, then what are we looking at? You know, uh, probably the mid-level exception, you know, will will be available. You can get great value on the middle level exception this year because there are good veteran players available. And as you you look at it, right, well, what would they need? All right, probably another wing shooter. You know, so you, you could definitely get you know somebody you know in that vein that that could come in. There's a lot of good options like that um, available. You know, ideally someone who could you know. Uh, pair with Ross to do some kind of scoring on that second unit if everyone's healthy and those kind of things. So I think the Magic are really well set up um, for what they could do this summer to if they said, you know what, we're sticking with what we have, but then to also bolster that team moving forward. I, I think, you know, you could see this team all of a sudden when all the dust settles uh, from this offseason and we're kind of looking at right, where the team's place, you could feel very comfortable. You know what? They're probably the sixth team um, in the Eastern Conference, maybe even as high as five, depending on what happens with a couple of the teams in front of them. And part of that is also is counting in going all the way back to the beginning, that continuity factor. They're, they're going to be, if they bring back a lot of the same guys, they should be able to get a little bit of a jump on teams that, you know, had really no training camp and no off season if they made big changes. Yeah. And of course we, we talked a little bit about, we talked a lot about continuity last off season. So it's definitely not something you yeah. can count on, but honestly, yeah. like, the Magic were injured from the very, very start, and, and yep. injuries just played such a, a huge factor. You know, we talked we talked a little bit about Aaron Gordon. He was probably more injured than he let on all year long. And, yep. you know, I don't think we really saw Aaron Gordon play the way we expected him to play until February. Yep. Um, you know, he, I think he, he admitted in January that he probably came back from his ankle injury too quickly. And so injuries just, you know, again, I tell this to people all the time. If the 2020 season is objectively bad, if we all agree that it was objectively a bad season for a number of reasons, then why shouldn't we expect this team to bounce back a little bit? Why shouldn't we expect this team to, to jump up to its mean unless you just really think 2019 was the outlier, which again, I, I think 2020 proved 2019 wasn't an outlier. We, they were bad, but they were still a playoff team by seven games. Like it wasn't yeah. like they snuck in this time. They were yeah, they didn't win, now, win a play in or anything like that. Yeah. yeah. They were yeah. And they're, and I mean, again, there are teams below them that are clearly getting better. Chicago getting Billy Donovan makes them a better team. 
Trey Young in his third year now with Clint Capella and, and Atlanta being a somewhat attractive market, it seems like for 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 players looking for some place to kind of latch on to. Like Trey Young's a star. He's gonna he's gonna have some magnetism to him. Yeah. Um that that makes them a little bit better. You know, I you know, I think Washington getting John Wall back, assuming he can be healthy and make get through the season, they're not trading Bradley Beal anytime soon. That 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 team is that team is definitely a playoff caliber team. I mean, the race for eighth is going to be tough. No one is no one here is sit, sitting here, you know, in in November before the season even begins, saying, "Oh, Magic are guaranteed playoff team." I, I don't think that at all. I mean, in, I mean, there are certainly teams above Orlando that could fall off. I mean, Indiana, if they trade Victor Oladipo, could be could be a much different looking team. Um, yeah. Who knows? Um, you know, Philadelphia. I mean, Philadelphia's got some star power on their side, but they were a complete mess last year, and they got a lot of work to do. Um, to, to to continue. I mean, they will make the playoffs. I, I think regard if they keep oh, yeah. Simmons and Embiid, but yeah. but they got a lot of work to a lot of work to do, and they they could fall back down to the pack a little bit, a little bit if they don't get it right. Um, at the end of the day, Orlando has to make good decisions. Um, they have to make decisions that are impactful that move this team forward in some way. And and again, the the, the big thing that I've hammered home to everyone, and I don't have an answer for who they should go after or what they should do. The big thing is. Weltman needs to start making this team look like the team he ultimately wants it to be. He needs yeah. to kind of put his stamp on this team a little bit. And if that means Nikola Vucevic and Evan Forney and Aaron Gordon are part of that, they need to be shopping those players to get the kind of players that they believe they can build around. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I think the $26 million question um, for a lot of Magic fans is what can the Magic get for Nikola Vucevic? Um, he is their best, the best player on the team. I think without Nikola Vucevic, this team has no chance of making the playoffs, depending on what they get back for him. But yeah. I think it'd be very, I think personally, I think it'd be very hard to get an all-star caliber player um, that produces as consistently as Vucevic um, does and, and does the things that I think a lot of people don't notice that helps this, off, that this offense, as bad as it is, work at least passively at times. Um, but... What do you see as Nikola Vucevic's market? Uh, and then I guess the next question would be, what do you see as Aaron Gordon's market as the Magic begin to survey what's out there? Yeah, I think for Vooch, the challenge for the Magic side of it is Mo Bamba's not ready to step in and be a starter on anything resembling a good team. So that leaves you with Ken Burch, who has been fine in, you know, replacement minutes, but, you know. Super limited. Yeah, you're not going to be, you know, great with him either. So so I think your challenge there is you started off right off the jump. It's not, you're not dealing from a position of strength because you don't have the young guy to step in. I, we talked about this, you know, ages ago when we talked about, you know, what happens with Vooch when he was going to be a free agent. And I said, well, I think what their idea would be is they're him and Bamba are like ships passing in the night, right? Uh, Vooch, as he starts to age out, becomes your tradable piece. As Bamba improves, he's ready to step in and Bamba's just not there. And, and I can also say comfortably now, he's not the kind of guy you just throw into the fire and say, figure it out on the fly, kid. I just I you could risk losing him entirely. 
if you do that and he plays you know too poorly in that situation so i think i think for vooch your challenge from the magic side is you're not dealing from a you know great position of strength because he's owed 50 or 72 million over the next three years not awful because i think his he's shown now his game is going to age fine um he's also shown in uh with a good coach who builds a good system with solid defenders around him, he can be fine. He's you know a very passable defender. Um, he's still one of the best rebounders in the game, and as he's added range on his jumper, he really fits you know a lot of places. So, so I think what you would be looking at for me is I instantly start going across the board and I start looking. All right, well, which of the playoff teams needs a center to to get there? I you know I mentioned Boston early because. That's absolutely true. Boston needs that. Um, could a team like Dallas make a play for him where, you know, put him alongside Porzingis and Doncic and you're really building, you know, one heck of an offense there. And they've got a couple contracts that they could send Orlando's way to meet the money on on, on a guy like Vooch. So you really start to look around as, you know, well, what, what do the bigs need? Well, what's he going to bring you back? I think you're looking at a mid to late first round draft pick and hopefully young player or two. And then it's probably a contract or two that ideally doesn't run more than two years. Um, so that way you're not taking on, um, you know, too long of money. I just, it's unfortunate because while he is Orlando's best player, and I think it's by a pretty wide margin, I don't know that the market is necessarily there to trade him because I don't know that that the teams who could use him most are going to really step up with something big to say, here, here's our guy, you know, go go get him. And, and then, you know, just I want to put this out there as my last thought on Vooch is um, we got to stop with the Golden State stuff because there's not a match there. Yeah, sure, he'd be awesome for the Warriors, but the Magic are not taking back Andrew Wiggins. Like that's not going to happen. So you know that 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 one just seems absolutely insane to me. The, the only the only up. way I think the only, and I was going to ask you about the Golden State deal. The, the own the own and I think Vucevic would be a great fit in Golden State, oh, not just awesome. a good fit, a great fit. Perfect. Um, I yep. think playoffs would be where he'd get exposed a little bit. Um, you know, as as, as players often do. But, um, but. Yeah. But like he like his passing would be fantastic. Mm-hmm. His shooting would just would make them very very difficult to defend. But um, I think the only way the Magic take Wiggins on in that kind of a deal is if they are sold that whoever they're picking at two is their guy, is their yeah. superstar. Yeah, and and, in, and, in my and that's mind, just not that's just be. not this draft. <laughs> exactly, and in my mind that would have to be like, or we are absolutely sold that out of. Um, you know, Edwards, Wiseman, Ball, um, I'm, I'm missing Avdia, yeah, I don't Avdia, think you know, whoever it is, like, like I am, I, I am, I am, I am like one of the few people that is just out on Obi Toppin. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and not God, no, not for the Magic. Like the last thing they need, yeah, is seriously. Four. Um, you know, but who can't yeah, shoot? <laughs> you know, as, as I read, yeah, right, exactly. Um, you know, as I look at it, yeah, you'd have to be super sold. Um, that that's your guy at two, and that's and that that's you know kind of the challenge there is you know well, what is it? And then you know I've even seen people be like, well, you know, with the amount Wiggins makes, you could send Gordon and Vooch for you know Wiggins two and some other stuff. And it's like, well, what other stuff? Because the Warriors aren't exactly sitting on yeah you know a load of other great stuff to trade. You know, I, everybody's trying to steal Eric Pascal off them because you know he showed a lot last year but they're not going to let him go he's one of the few um you know cheap good players on their roster so and yeah i just, I, I i don't and the and golden state's trying to maintain cap room because they yeah. they think they have an outside shot at a few guys yep 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, tax room more than anything. Tax room. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So that's it. You know, so you're trying to you know, really balance those. So as I look at it, it's, you know, all right, well, what are we doing? You know, with there, like I just didn't plus like nothing about Wiggins screams. I know we, we both are in agreement. We don't fully know what the magic want to be, um, but I'm pretty certain it doesn't include Andrew Wiggins. Um, yeah. And you asked about yeah. Gordon. Jaron Gordon's value is still pretty high around the league. Again, though, I don't know that you're getting much more than a you know mid first round pick for him, or a mid first round pick and a young player or something along those lines. As you you know match it all up, because despite his value being high, it's not it's not um, you know top five you know pick high. Maybe in this draft, you know, if a team really felt like you know Aaron Gordon is our guy, and that's the direction we should go. We would go, or they're or, um, or they're not looking, or they're looking to, to to not use a draft pick that high. They they, they don't want to rely on a draft pick. They want yeah. they want a veteran that knows what he's doing. Now he's a little too. He's about a million dollars too expensive for the Warriors trade exception. But I think he's a guy that would make a ton of sense for the Warriors because like you could bring him in and kind of let him be. Um, you know, Draymond's understudy in a way, um, but also play a ton, you know, there. I, I think that would be, you know, something that would make a lot of sense. Um, you know, they, you know, gosh, for, I don't know how many years running now we've talked about, is there something with Portland, you know, maybe for CJ McCollum? I think that ship has sailed. I just don't think that's where his value is at. <laughs> I, um, I, 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 like, like, like I said, like I say with Portland, like Portland's a small market. They, their fans love them. They win 50 games. They win 50, about 50 games every year. You know, they get out of the first round maybe once every two, three years. Damian Lillard's a star. As long as Damian Lillard's happy, why would Portland mess, mess up with a good thing? Exactly. Like, uh, like I I know that seems silly, like, because everyone's fighting for a championship, but, you know, unless you're getting, honestly, the CJ McCollum stuff, Portland has no reason to move him unless they are getting a player that is clearly 100% better. Like, if, if, if they want to shop for Bradley Beal and they offer CJ McCollum, that's the kind of deal they're going to do to, to, to get to get to trade CJ McCollum, and, and Dame's going to prove it. Like Dame is their guy. Yeah, and I think that might have made more sense when it looked like Anthony Simons a year ago was making this leap to being a player. And I know they have Trent, um, who they really like. But I think what you're doing, if you trade McCollum, you're kind of creating a hole now next to Damian Lillard in the backcourt because you filled your hole up front and that, you know, now you're just kind of moving stuff around. Um, so I just, I think that's, you know, that that's gone and that's just not the value Aaron Gordon has anymore around the league. There are still teams I would love to get him again, like Vooch. He's got a declining contract, 18.1 this year, 16.4 next year. Um, you know, so the, the very easy guy to move, um, you know, but I think for the magic, I think what you'd be looking at is, you know, we don't exactly know what's going to come of Isaac. So why would we trade the one forward we feel pretty good about? And I looked it up because I I was like, you know, I thought he was playing pretty good in the bubble before he got hurt. And he did. He did play pretty good. Um, You know, he had a couple 20. He was. He was very good. Yeah, he defended well in those couple of games. And then, then unfortunately, he got hurt again and then missed the rest of the season. Um, and then I looked up his numbers as well. And I was like, yeah, he was playing pretty good um, in February um, when it looked like he was finally healthy again. Before that, as we said, I just don't think he was healthy. I think he was kind of continually banged up and just wasn't um, you know, in, in a good place. So I think it was um, you know, that ankle injury really bothered him. But he played through it because you know the team needed him. Um, so I th- think there's more of a sense of, all right, we're not going to move on this guy because what's the need to move him here when we still don't really know what we're going to have in Isaac. So let's keep him. 
we'll put him, Aminu, and um, Okeke together, and that's now our our uh, three forward rotation, and we'll just figure it out as we go from there. And I think that's perfectly fine, you know, for another season because at sixteen point four, super easy to move number um, next off season if that's the direction you're like. All right, Isaac's healthy, he's ready to go. We really have something in uh, in Chuma Okeke, so let's you know now we can move Gordon, you know, as part maybe part of a bigger deal or for pieces that fit us a little bit better. And I think that's the right approach to take. And that'll do it for today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow uh, Keith Smith on Twitter at KeithSmithNBA. Yell at him for any takes that he has on there. Don't, don't. He has, he's given us good insight onto what the rest of the league is thinking, uh, as well as some of the salary cap decisions and, and big kind of philosophical decisions the Magic are facing. I mean, again, I always have to remind everyone, uh, you know, a lot of us do want the same things. We all do sense change. It's, it's more about the speed of the change and making sure you make the right moves to position your team in the best spot. And obviously, there are a lot of considerations to go as this podcast is proving because we're going, you know, this was an hour, 15-hour, 20-minute conversation. We're splitting it into three parts. There is a lot to get to, and honestly, we do not get to all of it over the course of these three episodes. We'll be back tomorrow then with part three of my conversation with Keith Smith. You can, of course, follow us on Twitter at LockedOnMagic. Subscribe to the podcast on Twitter, or not on Twitter, but subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalay, Google Play, Spotify, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. You can get all your Orlando Magic information from there. But that's going to do it for me today. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. We'll be back again tomorrow with the final part of this conversation with Keith Smith. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked on Magic, this has been Philip Rossman-Reich. We'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked on Magic. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.